You're listening to Southern Fried Sports with Travis Ryer on Tide 100.9 in Tuscaloosa. Is Southern Fried Sports with Bama Online Senior Analyst Travis Ryer on your home for Alabama sports. Tide 100.9 and streaming on the Tide 100.9 app. Alabama. It is time once again for Southern Fried Sports on your home for University of Alabama Athletics Tide 100.9 FM. Travis Ryder, Senior Analyst for BamaOnline.com, part of the 247sports.com network. Your trusty, trusty if not talented host of the program. The show, as always, brought to you by Peterbrook Chocolatier out there at 1530 McFarland Boulevard North in the Indian Hills section of Tuscaloosa. A great day. A great weekend to swing by Peterbrook, fill up on those treats. You know, you can go inside there with the weather being as great as it is today. Go inside, get you a cup of that outstanding gelato that you're also going to find there at Peterbrook Chocolatier. The Italian ice cream, basically, okay? Pick from one of the great flavors they have. Maybe uh, double up, you know, go with a combo of flavors if you'd like and then go out front they've got what i refer to as the tony soprano tables remember the sopranos outside satrials the pork shop there on the sopranos the boys like to hang out there in the nice weather at the outside tables yeah we've got those for you at peterbrook chocolate here 1530 mcfarland boulevard north joined on the program by the producer of southern fried sports mr jacob harrison who together we combine to form the 60 minute of sports talk radio. I know Jacob Harrison is fired up about some uh, high school football playoff action tonight, aren't you, Jacob? Yeah, absolutely. I, I know you mentioned uh, before we got started, ACA, they're going to have uh, Mobile Christian up here, and that's going to be an exciting one. Uh, but, but all things considered, uh, I think the one that I'm still looking forward to is Hillcrest and Opelika. I think that that's going to be an exciting game. Uh, of course, that one's out in Opelika, but I th- I th- I've got a lot of faith in, in both Patriot teams, uh, as well as Gordo, of course, but uh, Hillcrest is the one I've been keeping my eye on. Yeah, almost a mini Iron Bowl. you got the Tuscaloosa team traveling over there to the Auburn area in that 6A matchup. I'm going to go out to ACA tonight. My guy, Ronnie C- Cottrell, is the head coach down there at Mobile Christian at Mobile Christian, former Alabama assistant coach, of course, also assistant coach at Florida State. Ronnie had some issues there in the late 90s, actually uh, filed a lawsuit of some note. Man, that seems like 100 years ago now, but uh, Ronnie, a good dude, and he's going to bring Deontay Lawson, the Alabama commit, up to ACA. Uh, Obviously, ACA, a very talented team, a very good team. One versus four, I believe, when you talk about the 4A state ranking. So this is this is state championship caliber football over at ACA tonight. So that should be a lot of fun. And then a lot of 4A, I guess, Jacob, when you consider uh, Gordo still in this thing, Northside still in this thing, uh, the representation for the area at this point, it's largely with those 4A teams. Yeah, it is, and, and it's going to be a, a, a tough one, uh, you know, regardless of – you know how far these guys get you know everybody wants the the title to stay in the county but you know who's going to be the one to come up with it and i think you know i'm guilty of this because the other teams have have such great stories and you know have been successful for so long but Northside, they've got coach hilliker you know in in his final season there and uh you know they're, they're fighting hard for him just as well as the other teams are so don't don't be surprised you know keep an eye on the rams yeah that's a tough nosed football team out there in Northside. 
Uh, not going to blow you away with a lot of flash, but uh, seem to be always fundamentally sound. They're going to tackle. They're going to block. And they're going to fight you for 48 minutes. So uh, best of luck to all the area teams tonight in high school football playoff action. We got the Mastis Tournament ongoing over there in Augusta, Georgia. Justin Thomas, as we've told you, the extent of the University of Alabama representation over at Augusta National Golf Club this year. Justin finished up his first round in fine fashion this morning, posting a 6-under, 66. Unfortunately, a couple of bogeys out the gate to start his second round, but he appears to be bouncing back now. Had a birdie on the par 5 15th to get him back to 5-under for the tournament. And it uh, looks like he just birdied 16. Yeah, followed up a birdie on 15 with another on the par 3, 16th. So back where he started the second round, which he turned right around from finishing his first round early this morning to starting his second round within about a half hour. Uh, and he, he has gotten it back to even par for the round with these two birdies here in the last 30 minutes or so. And he is six under for the tournament. Dustin Johnson, DJ threatening to turn this thing into the Hartford Open. He got it to 10 under there for a minute. He's back to nine under now as he plays the midsection of his opening nine of his second round. So uh, we'll keep you posted on all things Masters Tournament as we move throughout the program. We do have college football, believe it or not. I know, right? No LSU Alabama. The SEC schedule has been shredded for the most part. Uh, and, man, you still got some Alabama fans. I know on the message boards at, at BamaOnline.com, and we love, we love our roundtable participants there at BamaOnline.com. But I'm, I'm a little bit surprised. I, I, I guess I shouldn't be after the events of here in Tuscaloosa last November. I mean, I knew Alabama fans wanted a shot at LSU not only because of the loss here in Tuscaloosa last year, but the aftermath. I mean, you had the comments that were picked up by uh, Ed Orgeron. You had the on-the-field antics, some of it after the game uh, at Bryant-Denny Stadium last November. But, man, these there are some Alabama fans that I'm convinced at this point, if they could play LSU this Saturday and then call off the season and put 60 on LSU, they'd be good with that. That'd be fine. That'd be fine for the rest of the season. I guess my thought process is you're playing for something so much bigger than beating a three and three irrelevant LSU team, whether it's this Saturday or whether it's the 12th. If the SEC can somehow get this all figured out, who cares about LSU? LSU's irrelevant. You're playing for something far bigger than making good on a loss from last November against LSU. I mean, you look at this series, it's absolutely been dominated by Alabama. You look at just under Nick Saban, what Alabama has done to this LSU team. I mean, I get it, like I said, as much as anything because of some of the the extracurriculars after that loss last November. But, you know, this is a 3-3 three and three LSU team. They're irrelevant. Don't mean anything. You know, if I'm Alabama, if I'm Nick Saban and you, you're the SEC and you tell me, look, you know, we can try to figure out a way that you can play LSU on December the 12th, the week before the SEC championship game, and you're going to go to Baton Rouge, or you can have that Saturday off. Give me the Saturday off, man. Give me the Saturday off between the 5th and the 19th, because I'm thinking something bigger than this bad LSU team right now. 205 342 9904 is the Peterbrook Chocolatier studio line. If you'd like to jump on board with us, you are welcome to do so. Speaking of Alabama football, we will check in with Charlie Potter, outstanding beat reporter for us there at BOL, coming up in about 10 minutes or so. We'll get into a couple of different topics with Charlie. You got some basketball news here in the last 24 hours or so. The Alabama men's team ranked 25th in the coaches' poll for the upcoming season. So that was a good good bit of news for Nate Oates and his team. We've had the early signing period in men's basketball, in women's basketball, in softball, baseball, etc. And the expectation is that while it hasn't been made official 
with J.D. Davison being the third member of this early signing period for the Alabama men's basketball team, that will become official tomorrow. Going to have a ceremony in talking with Hank South, who covers recruiting for us there at BamaOnline.com. Apparently a ring ceremony for J.D.'s high school team winning a state title last year. And then sort of coinciding with that, uh, you'll have uh, J.D. Davison making it official. And then you'll start to ponder some possibilities, probably more so for the late period uh, in, in college basketball where this team is concerned and Charles Bediaco, the five-star post that we've talked about a lot, maybe some other guys. Here's the thing with Nate Oates and this staff. You can't just kind of, uh, you know, put it in a, in a box when it comes to recruiting. You can't just say, okay, well, here's the high school guys that uh, Brian Hodgson, Antoine Petway, Nate Oates, the staff are zeroing in on, and this is how this class will wrap up. Because when you just look at this roster going into year two of Nate Oates, you see you see talent streams coming from everywhere. You want to see a grad transfer? You got it in Jordan Bruner coming in from Yale. Uh, just your traditional transfer, Javon Quinterly coming in from Villanova. Junior college prospects, Keon Ellis most recently. You've also had uh, uh, James Rojas a year ago. And then, of course, the high school guys. But uh, a lot of different ways that the staff goes about assembling talent. So not as simple as saying, okay, well, after this period, these are the two or three high school guys to keep an eye on because, and really it's indicative of college basketball as a whole these days, uh, there's so much movement in the transfer market. And with the one-time transfer rule expected to go into effect, I don't think that's going to slow down anytime after the first of the new year. 205-342-9904. You did have the Thursday night NFL last night up in Nashville. The Colts, 34. The Titans, 17. You know, no one talks about special teams, right, until they get you beat. And that was the Titans last night. Titans had a punt block for a touchdown. The Titans had an NFL season shortest punt of 17 yards last night. Titans missed a big field goal down the stretch. And so the Colts get it done with Phillip Rivers. Colts have won eight of nine in their last nine trips to Nissan Stadium up there in Nashville. And so uh, you get ready for a pretty busy weekend of NFL football. We talked about this earlier in the week. You're going to have Tua and the Sandy and the, excuse me, the Los Angeles Chargers. That's going to be a tough habit to break for a few years, I'm afraid. The Los Angeles Chargers traveling across the country to take on the Miami Dolphins on Sunday. And a lot of late games this week because of CBS's coverage of the Masters Tournament. So uh, you're going to have that coming into play as you get ready for your Sunday football. And look, it's not just the SEC this weekend with the cancellations or the postponements. Again, we talked about this yesterday. You hear it in different terms with the Pac-12 and the Big Ten because there aren't postponements, because there's nowhere to put the postponements in those two leagues. They're already dealing with a condensed window to get games in. So we're talking cancellations when we talk about those two leagues. And just moments ago, we learned that Cal and Arizona state set for tomorrow has been canceled. There you go. The big 10 and the PAC 12 like the sec taking some hits here in recent days when it comes to the upcoming weekend and the college football schedule. Um, we got to get some things finished up. We got to wrap up some things with Rusty and his picks for the week. We got into about half of those yesterday. Rusty's home underdogs. There he is. He's ready for another college football weekend, Rusty. Rusty's home underdogs with the sharpest teeth in college football this weekend. We told you yesterday, Rusty likes Washington State. Now, that may be the game we have to hang our hat on. Washington State hosting Oregon tomorrow night. And he likes Wazoo with new head coach Nick Rolovich. He likes Rolo a lot, Rusty does. He likes Wazoo getting the 10 
Bucks coming to town. Rusty, I don't know about this one. Rusty likes UCLA getting three and a hook. I think what it is with this pick of UCLA and Utah and the Bruins of Chip Kelly getting three and a hook, he likes that hook. I think if that line was just three, Rusty probably wouldn't be as in on it, but he likes those hooks. That's how he's got his name. Those hooks are Rusty. You know, so there you go, Rusty. Now, a couple of picks we didn't talk about yesterday with Rusty. Rusty likes he likes Boston College. He's uh, I think he's going with some nostalgia here. I think Rusty's hearkening back to that 1993 upset in South Bend when Boston College went in there. Yep. See what I'm saying? Boston College went into Notre Dame one week after Notre Dame shocked Charlie Ward in the Florida State Seminoles in what was then deemed as the game of the century. And so he's kind of thinking it could be a little bit of a repeat. If nothing else, he thinks Boston College, who has played some good teams off their feet, played Clemson very well on the road a few weeks ago. He likes Boston College and Chestnut Hill getting the 13 and a hook. He likes those hooks. And speaking of a hook, this is another one where you got to question him a little bit. But uh, speaking of rust, maybe he's thinking there's some rust on those Wisconsin badges due to COVID-19 protocols. Rusty's going with Jim Harbaugh in Michigan, getting four and a half at what used to be the big house in Ann Arbor. He likes Michigan getting the four and a hook. So there you go. That completes Rusty's picks for the upcoming weekend. And by the way, just when you thought things couldn't get saltier in Knoxville, Tennessee, comes this report this morning from the Knoxville News that eight Tennessee football staff members rejected pay cuts that were proposed by the Tennessee Athletic Department because of shortfalls in revenue based on the COVID-19 virus, COVID-19 pandemic. Like so many other places we've seen in college athletics, the University of Tennessee went around hat in hand and asked department staff members if they would be willing to take pay cuts. Well, eight Tennessee football assistants said, nah, we good. And truth be known, if we knew about more places around college football, I, I'm guessing Tennessee isn't the only place where this has happened. But uh, a stretch of coaches there including coordinators Jim Chaney and Derek Ansley, the former Alabama assistant, uh, declined, rejected pay cuts. Now, two UT assistants that did accept pay cuts were former UT players, T. Martin and Jay Graham. They went ahead and took the cuts. Jeremy Pruitt, he didn't accept a raise as a part of his extension that he signed after the 2019 season, according to the Knoxville News. And so there, that kind of qualified as not taking, uh, you know, as taking a cut because he didn't accept a raise. Phil Fulmer, the athletic director for Tennessee, took the biggest cut, apparently, in the entire department at 15%. And, you know, it, it has worked out to a savings of somewhere in the neighborhood of $1.3 million for the Tennessee athletic department. But then you consider that Jeremy just just fired uh, the defensive line coach, Jimmy Brumball. And based on the language of Jimmy Brumball's contract, he's owed more than 800 k in severance. So that, uh, that could hurt the math there a little bit for the UT Athletic Department. Going to step aside for a break and we come back. Charlie Potter, my cohort there at BamaOnline.com, he's going to join us on a Friday edition of Southern Fried Sports. Pops coming up later in the hour as well. Back with more of the show right after this. If a beautiful afternoon with a sunny sky, Tuscaloosa's high 72, clear and cool tonight, the low 44. Tomorrow, another sunny day with a high at 75. Sunday, just a small chance of a shower, otherwise partially sunny, the high 73. I'm James Spann on the ABC 3340 Weather Center on Tide 100.9. Tide 100.9. For more coverage of Alabama football, visit us at Tide100.9.com or download the free Tide 100.9 app. The Crimson Tide!
Augusta National Golf Club now. After a couple of bogeys to get his opening nine to his second round underway this morning. Three straight birdies now for JT. 15, 16, and 17. He is now one under for the round, seven under for the tournament. And with Dustin Johnson carting a couple of bogeys, uh, consecutive bogeys here in the last little bit, JT right back to a shot off the lead. Things can happen quickly around uh, those tall pines, within those tall pines there in East Georgia. Time on Friday to head to the Peterbrook Chocolatier studio line to check in with Charlie Potter. Does an outstanding job covering the Alabama Crimson Tide for us there at BOL. Charlie Potter's probably a pretty happy guy, not so much because he's not en route to Baton Rouge like he probably would be if there was a game to be played at Tiger Stadium tomorrow evening, but his guy Freddie Freeman, the 2020 National League MVP. How about that, Charlie, for Freddie? Yeah, that was awesome. It was good to see uh, him get that accolade. It was cool to see him celebrate with his family, too, just because it was, it's been such a weird year and everybody's been separated. But to, to see his, you know, to see his family kind of be at the games and everything and to, to see how his son kind of reacts to him and the way he kind of analyzes it, that was, that was just a cool moment. And I think we all knew it was kind of coming, but still, um, yeah, it was it was cool to see. I think Freddie's very deserving. He's one of those guys too that uh, is just a professional in every way. He's an easy guy to root for, but you know he's he's a hell of a player. He's had a hell of a season, and I think that was well deserved. Uh, as far as this Alabama football team is concerned, man, it seems like a lot of teams that were coming off bye weeks got news, and especially in a year like this, well, we've always said no news is good news when you're coming off a, a bye week. Uh, so if you're getting news, you, you're probably not uh, you're not very happy with that. Uh, Alabama got some news, unfortunately, with it starting uh, with with Trey Sanders, the redshirt freshman running back involved in a car accident, serious car accident uh, a week ago today, as a matter of fact. And then here in the last few days, we learned that Trayshawn Holden, um, part of a a, uh, a publicized now incident involved. Uh, an LSU player and a New Orleans, uh, excuse me, uh, I guess a Baton Rouge Police Department official. Uh, been a little newsy for Alabama, maybe more so than Nick Saban would like. Yeah, and I mean, those two things are, are kind of out of your control, maybe more so uh, the Trey Sanders incident. You can never predict an accident uh, like that. But, you know, the Trey Sean Holden thing, uh, it doesn't sound like he's any, in any kind of trouble, did anything wrong, which is always good. But, you know, being in the wrong place at the wrong time um, and, and hearing from Nick Saban and, and kind of how strict the guidelines were for the players uh, that chose to go home for the bye weekend last week. I'm um, pretty sure, you know, he's not going to have any kind of um, – he's not going to be in any kind of trouble from a legal perspective, but I think the judge down there in Tuscaloosa uh, <laughs> was probably not happy with that. But, you know, it's, that's not necessarily the reason that he – was so adamant and had those harsh guidelines for the players that chose to go home. It was more because of what we're seeing happen with a bunch of other SEC teams and teams across the country with you know positive COVID cases and contact tracing leading a lot of guys to lead to quarantine. And uh, you know on his radio show last night, Saban was you know, talking about that a lot and really talked about how contact tracing um, is the reason that these games are being canceled. There's not really just a huge spike in cases. You know, teams have them uh, here and there. Alabama has one, but it's because you know guys have been around them and guys have been other places and things like that. And so um, I think that's really his message is to manage that personal bubble. But when it comes to just what has happened from uh, a non-COVID perspective and off the field, um, you know, it, it has been newsy. The, the trace Sanders thing, again, um, that's something you can't really control. Things like that happen. Uh, and it's good to see that uh, and hear that he's going to be okay. I know that some, some videos surfaced of him celebrating with his teammates in the locker room. They were kind of having fun uh, either after or before practice yesterday. And you know, he was in there in a wheelchair and taking part of that. So that's good to see. But it'd be interesting to see, you know, if we, we see Trayshawn holding on the field in the next game, whenever that is, just because I think the big part of this was just making the right decisions and to go home and spend time with your family. And it doesn't sound like he did that. Yeah, from that perspective, that that's where you wonder. And again, 
we're not insinuating in any way that Trayshawn Holden did anything um, to provoke the situation uh, involving primarily, apparently, uh, his friend Coy Moore, the LSU wide receiver down in Baton Rouge. But Nick was pretty specific in terms of guidelines that he hoped to to have in play for the for the bye weekend. And, and we don't know all the details either uh, about Trayshawn's presence in Baton Rouge, where he was, why he was there, uh, to be fair to him on that front as well. Now, with Sanders out, obviously, uh, this this certainly heightens the importance of you know, keeping Najee Harris, Brian Robinson uh, as available as you possibly can. But uh, tell us about a couple of the true freshmen now that, that, that are likely to have more of an opportunity moving forward and, and maybe how they've sort of how they've lined up to this point in that rotation. Yeah, I think that's the big thing is, you know, people, you don't want to make light of a, a bad situation, but you know, Trey Sanders saw his biggest game against Mississippi State, and he I think he played as early as the second quarter, and a, a big reason for that was because Brian Robinson's been nicked up, and it seems like Brian's going to be fine and uh, you know, completely available whenever Alabama plays again. But um, you know, Trey Sanders was still the number three running back. He was coming into his own. I think he was getting more and more comfortable, and that was good to see. But you're right, it is important to keep Najee Harris and, and Brian Robinson healthy because those are your top two backs regardless of what's happened you know, below them. But yeah, it, it does give some opportunities to guys like Jace McClellan and Roy Dell Williams, the two true freshmen we've seen in games. Um, it, it's an interesting dynamic because we've seen McClellan in every game this season, but he's played more of a special teams role. And then, you know, Roy Dell hasn't played in every game, but we've seen him get more carries at the running back position. So, um, yeah, I think they're high on both of those guys. They, they like what both of them bring to the table. Um, you know, their teammates, when you, when we heard from them, uh, you know, the last, you know, week, week and a half, they've had nothing but good things to say. And, and Nick Saban thinks that those guys can play winning football. And the, the question is just how much are they going to be used moving forward um, in meaningful minutes? Just because, again, I think it's going to rely on, they're going to rely on Najee Harris and Brian Robinson. But if they can get some Trey Sanders-like production from a guy like Jace McClellan or, or Roy Dell Williams. That's huge. I mean, you can give Najee a break. You can give Brian Robinson a break and not you know, just add up miles in their tires as the, the season goes on. So um, the big thing for last week's bye week and now the second bye week has been to get guys healthy, uh, to maybe focus on some future opponents. I think they've done that, and that will help be beneficial if the schedule gets moved around. But another thing is just to get these young guys more reps and get them acclimated. And with no Trey Sanders there to eat up some of those reps, I think you know 21 and 23, they've gotten plenty of work. And we'll see what the future holds for them. But I think a lot of people are confident that they can step in if they need to. And we'll just see how much they get involved. Yeah, it was interesting last night. You heard from Nick Saban on the Coach's Show, which you can hear right here on Tide 100.9 FM. Uh, sounds like, as you would expect, Nick, very efficient, this coaching staff, very efficient with this additional practice time that it's been afforded and uh, maybe getting ready for three or four different teams at, at different points during the downtime. Yeah, I mean, the plan for this week, um, even though there's no game, they're just doing everything like a normal game week. And you know, if, if they didn't have the bye week last week, I think they would have treated this like a, a bye week and gave the players off. But his big thing this week has been to stay in a rhythm. And, you know, they're focusing on uh, Kentucky um, right now. <laughs> so uh, they don't practice today. They, they lift and they'll have meetings. And then tomorrow's practice uh, will be focused on Kentucky unless something changes. And, uh, you know, then Sunday will be like a normal you know, game week and then a normal day after a game leading into another game week. And then you'll have Kentucky game week if, if nothing changes. But again, like, one of the key points that they try to do during the bye week is to focus on things that are abnormal from, you know, a a normal game week, something that a future opponent does differently. They've had two weeks to do that now. And so you only have four known opponents on your schedule. And, you know, maybe you look ahead to a little bit of something unique Florida does because that's shaping up to possibly be the, the matchup in the SEC championship game. But, you know, they've taken that opportunity to do that. And so uh, I think they're expecting, uh, things to be, uh, or they're they're expecting to be flexible. I guess is the best way to say that. And they're, you know, 
taking advantage of the the time they have to to focus on other things and to, to be prepared if, if things get mixed up because it, it's not guaranteed to happen. But you know, Commissioner Greg Sankey kind of alluded to it being a possibility. Uh, we've heard other commissioners from across the country even mention that the possibility of the the college football playoff being pushed back, even though that's far from you know a concrete thing that's going to happen. But I think Nick Saban and his staff have done a good job of being ready to adapt. And you know, these two weeks of of having time to not prepare for an exact opponent uh, has allowed them to kind of prepare for future scenarios to be as prepared as they can if if things get uh, switched up here pretty quickly. What about LeBron Ray? I know I asked this question. We talk about it anyway. It seems like every week in the veteran defensive end trying to get back from his latest injury. It's been a star-crossed career for Ray in terms of just trying to stay on the field. I guess if there's some silver lining in all this, um, from a health perspective, you've you've got an opportunity, starting with Ray, uh, to to get guys back to, to optimum health. Oh, yeah, no doubt. I think that's one of the biggest things. Um, and one of the biggest benefits of these two off weeks. And you know, Nick Saban talked about him uh, on the SEC teleconference Wednesday. We didn't hear from him during his usually Wednesday press conference because there's no game this week. But um, he said he's starting to practice. And we've seen him do some things. That was maybe a little misleading uh, to some degree. I think starting to practice probably means he's doing more and more. And you know, we've seen, uh, and East Stevens even said it, that he's been doing some things in practice, probably very limited and uh, in a black jersey and things like that. But starting to practice is, is sounds better just from an overall prognosis standpoint. But um, he says he needs to continue to develop confidence uh, in that injury, you know, the elbow injury. If you're defensive end, you use that arm to extend and to, to move and to gain leverage a lot. So that's important. Uh, but he said he's making good progress. So that's good. And, you know, I think this was the week, you know, if they were going to play LSU tomorrow where we would see Ray return, you know, it depends on how much and, and how involved in the game he is. But for him to get another week to, to rest that arm, uh, I think is big for him. And you know, I think that all signs point to him to, to return to to action next week, whether that's against Kentucky or, or someone else if the schedule gets moved around. But, you know, him, him making good progress and, and starting to do more and more in practice, that's a good sign for LeBron Ray. Charlie, I'm going to ask you the question I've been asked, and I don't have a good answer for it. So with that, uh, I'll let you take a shot. But eh, the chances of this this LSU game actually being played at some point in the future, and, and the reason why I don't have an answer for it is because – it seems like the league office at this point is considering still all options. And, you know, it's dependent on so many other pieces. It's not just dependent on LSU and Alabama. You know, it it, 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 it kind of leans on what happens in these next three weeks even, right? It does, yeah. I mean, if, if everybody is fine and every game can be played this upcoming weekend, not not – you know, tomorrow, then maybe you look at moving some things around. But you know, we just saw a week, and, and of course, it's coming off of a lot of teams' bye weeks. You're coming off Halloween and everything like that. Um, but if if you have teams that are going to have to miss additional games, I don't see how you you continue to push it back uh, because you have the SEC championship game uh, on December 19th. It's going to have to take a lot of things being moved around, and that's why I mentioned the college football playoff. Uh, earlier, you have a, a January 1st uh, semifinal date, and I believe January 11th for the national championship. So um, you know, they're mulling around all their options, and I, I think that's just why it's uh, to be determined. Uh, I think for me, when I initially you know heard the rumblings that this was going to be postponed, I kind of just marked it out of my mind that this game wouldn't happen, just from a personal mm-hmm. standpoint. Um, you know, it, it seems just there's not a lot going LSU's way. And I think one of the things that doesn't get mentioned a lot, and it's not for every team that's dealing with these COVID issues. I think it's, you know, you can see it's across the board that a lot of teams are dealing with them and, and a lot of teams are in different situations, but the teams that, you know, aren't having the type of season that they want, the players seem to be a little bit more lax with what they're doing away from the field. We've seen Alabama. It's, it's been as one you know, positive case. Of course, they're testing on a daily basis, but you got to factor in teams like LSU and teams that aren't doing so hot that you know the mindset of their players and you know, how much are they willing to just to buy in and do what they need to do to to be successful and to to play these games. So, 
for me, I, I, I don't know. Again, like I, I agree with you. It's just there's there's so many things that have to go right, I guess, and, and to to line up to, to make this thing happen. Because right now, I mean, LSU is scheduled to play Florida on the 12th. Alabama would have to move some games around. They, right now, Alabama can play. Uh, they have plenty of players that can. They're not, of course, in the same roster situation as an LSU or some other teams. But um, maybe you move that uh, Arkansas game to the 12th and, and maybe play uh, you know, LSU then. or, or move some, it, It's just there's a lot of moving pieces, and uh, you know, that's above my pay grade. But <laughs> I will say that whenever I heard that the game was going to be postponed and the way that they just verbed it and didn't say that you know, there was a definite date for them to make it up, obviously – I just kind of, in my mind, said that okay, the Alabama LSU game's off the table. Of course, you know that's not any type of final decision from the league or anything like that. Again, they can move some things around in it. It sounds like they're trying to weigh all options, but um, you know we'll, we'll see. I mean, you you want to see that game be played, but um, you know you don't know how much the other team wants to see it played as much as Alabama. And look, Alabama doesn't really need it to be played at this no. point. I know the fans. Again, I talked about it in the opening. Of today's show, I get that. You know, there's some still some folks running hot after the way things played out after that game here in November last year. But if you're thinking big picture and what this team's really trying to accomplish, you know, LSU on the road the week before potentially the SEC championship game, uh, is that really is that really what you need uh, in, in that scenario? Uh, with 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 the health of your team at risk and everything else, I don't think so. But uh, I, I like as much college football as the next person. I want to see every game played. Uh, but but also when you consider the uh, the big picture goals in play here, um, I don't think it would be the worst thing in the world if if it goes unplayed this year. Hey Charlie, as we let you go here, uh, men's basketball at Alabama getting some love from the coaches yesterday. Came up just short of the top twenty five with the. AP for the preseason poll, but there was Nate Oates' team, I guess, in the 25th spot yesterday with the uh, with the coaches. Yeah, that was interesting because um, you also had the preseason SEC, um, well, the all-SEC team in the projected order of finish. Now they're in this pick to, to finish fifth, but they're the third highest-ranked team in the SEC entering the season. Of course, they got some some tough games in the, the non-conference, and you got to play you know, that uh, – that rugged SEC schedule, but no, I, I think that's that's what NATO's wants to or where NATO's wants to be is you know ranked and considered one of the better teams. And for me, um, I just think there's so many question marks around this team because there's so many new pieces. But I'm not questioning the amount of talent that, that NATO has brought in and the guys that seem to fit his system really well. I mean, I'm working on a story for later this afternoon on Keon Ellis, a junior college guy that I don't think gets mentioned a lot, but uh, can score as a good defender. He's one of those long wings that you know NATO's staff loves to to bring in, and that's just a, another piece to the puzzle. And the guy that you know you and I talked about it before. I, I'm not projecting Keon Ellis to be in the starting lineup, but I think he's going to be uh, a key piece of this team. And um, it, it's just going to it's, it's going to take a minute, I think, for these guys to to get acclimated and adjusted to one another. But I think when they do, they're going to be a lot of fun to watch. And you know, I think that. Uh, you know, number 25 record is deserving. I wouldn't be surprised to see them ranked higher than that at one point during the season because I think they're going to be able to, to win some games. But um, it, it's good to see, you know, this team get some some preseason love because um, I know Alabama fans, from a basketball perspective, have been kind of used to mediocrity and uh, disappointment. But I think that with what Nato's and his staff have been able to do from a recruiting standpoint and, and adding guys to this roster, um, and there's a lot of excitement for good reason. And so I'm, I'm excited. What is it? 12 days now until I know, it's crazy. Season. It's, it's here. It's right around yeah. the corner. Yeah. And I, I think that, you know, this team's gonna, gonna have a lot of reason for excitement. So I'm, I'm looking forward to it. There you go. Charlie Potter, check out that Keon Ellis feature coming up later today at BamaOnline.com. I'm looking forward to that one. Hey, Charlie, have a great weekend, man. It's not going to be in Louisiana, but uh, make the most of it anyway, all right? <laughs> yeah, man. Thanks for having me. There he goes. Charlie Potter does an outstanding job covering the Alabama Crimson Tide for BamaOnline.com. Justin Thomas, man, he's on a Hita. He's riding a Hita over there at Augusta National. 
Golf Club. Finishes out his opening nine. He went off 10 to start his second round. So, as we told you earlier in the show, a couple of bogeys, and he's two over through the midway part of his opening nine for the second round. And then he proceeds to reel off four straight birdies to close out the nine. 15, 16, 17, 18. That's officially a Hita, folks. We're going to head to a break. We come back. More Southern Fried Sports on a Friday, presented by Peter Brook Chocolates here right after this. A beautiful afternoon with a sunny sky. Tuscaloosa's high 72. Clear and cool tonight, the low 44. Tomorrow, another sunny day with a high at 75. Sunday, just a small chance of a shower, otherwise partially sunny, the high 73. I'm James Spann on the ABC 3340 Weather Center on Tide 100.9. And you can't even start a list without the great, the late great James Brown. How about that? A little Sharon Jones for you with the Dap Kings earlier. I was informed by a Twitter follower that the new amphitheater in Augusta, Georgia, is being named after the late Sharon Jones. We love that. The arena in Augusta, Georgia, is named after the Godfather of Soul, Mr. James Brown. Pop's a pretty big James Brown fan from back in the day, right, Pops? I'm telling you. Oh, yeah. You talk about uh, putting on a show, right? Oh, James he, was, he was unbelievable. I mean, it was just jump up and, and roll. Electric. Do it. Electric is the word that comes to mind when you think about uh, <laughs> Mr. He James Brown. He into a split away he'd go. <laughs> uh-huh. uh, Pops, uh, we understand you came out of fan retirement for your Florida Gators last weekend, and you actually attended – the Florida Georgia game last Saturday there yeah. in Jacksonville. That was a little bit of a surprise to us because we had been told, you had told us that yeah. you were done. But uh, I guess you liked the limited capacity. Is well, that the limited capacity is the reason I went. <laughs> the reason I, uh, years ago when I swore off college, it was when they were playing in Gainesville. Alabama, Florida, yeah. Yeah, and the, and security would come around and check your drink, just grab your drink right out of your hand. Yeah, and I, said, I this remember is the last that. time I'll be down here. Yeah, I was and, there that uh, day it's on been the that University long. of Florida campus. But mm-hmm. it, here it was in Jacksonville, limited capacity. It was perfect, you know. Now, did you at least ceremonially – uh, quench your thirst. Oh yeah, uh, yeah. With a beverage I had of choice. to. I had to. I had several reasons mm-hmm. for doing that, but uh, yeah, mm-hmm. I had a adult beverage. <laughs> you did good. It was ice cold. Ice cold, and ice it cold. was uh, beer, from what I understand. Mick Ultra. Mick Ultra. Yeah. <laughs> Do you put fruit in your beer, pops? You're a no. Fruit, I a don't beer put guy? fruit in my beer. <laughs> You like those silver bullets ice cold, though, oh, yeah. with the barbecue. You oh, like, yeah. You don't drink much beer anymore. You used to be, I remember the, the secondary refrigerator there off 6047 oh, yeah. Mizell. It used to be stocked full of Natty Lights. Those Natty kinda, Lights, you could buy a case for like eight. Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah, and that yeah. was largely what consisted of that uh, secondary uh, utility room oh, yeah. refrigerator. There, yeah. But uh it came in handy out there, I'm telling you. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So Pops, what was the experience like? I mean, you've been going to Georgia, Florida, Florida. Well, as you've told us, the winner of that year's game, right, is who goes first when you talk Florida, Georgia, or Georgia, Florida. So it is Florida, Georgia now. Yeah. With Florida Florida, winning the game. I mean, but how different was that for you? First of all, you didn't rush the game without a ticket. You actually had a ticket. You know, you know what it reminded me of is going to a scrimmage. You know, like a spring there game. There wasn't many fans. Yeah, uh, I enjoyed watching the, the the game, not just because Florida won, because I I just enjoy football. I, I like football practice. I read a practice and watch football. You know, mm-hmm. and uh, when you don't have but uh, uh, people scattered here and there, it was it reminded me of going to a practice. And uh, watching a scrimmage or something, yeah, but, uh, it was live, you know, like a spring game, yeah, you know? something like that, right? Exactly. Mm-hmm. 
Mm-hmm. But at spring games, there's 90,000 people at now. Yeah, around here they get those bigger crowds for sure. <laughs> That's hey, what I'm uh, talking about. I, I heard you paid $50 to park. Yeah, can you believe that? I, Actually, I'm I didn't pay you, that. I'm surprised you went in the lot for but, that but 50 bucks. I guess your brother picked that up. I don't. He had a parking pass and everything. Yeah, good for him. Yeah, yeah. But I mean, yeah. I I said fifty dollars, and if we'd have parked one block closer to the stadium, it was a hundred. <laughs> I mean, I'm going. Good God. Yeah. I mean that yeah. that that did surprise me. I was shocked. I had no no idea. I knew it'd been a while since I've been to a college game. Now, back in the day, you guys would park in some lot, you know, or even oh, on the yeah. side of the expressway, right? Right, right. I mean, we never paid more than twenty dollars to park. Yeah, you know, and most mm-hmm. of the time we parked at my buddy's house, his mama's house, I remember right that. around the corner yeah. from the stadium. Was that Smitty's mom? That yeah, Mike Smith's mother and father. Yeah, that's where that's Mike right. grew up, just two, mm-hmm. two or three blocks from the stadium. Mm-hmm. And uh, you know, had bathroom facilities, everything. It was perfect. Mm-hmm. They were very nice, very nice people. Mm-hmm. But uh, it's amazing. I said one hundred dollars yeah. on the sign. I thought here, it was Pops. a misprint or something. Yeah, that's become standard almost. You know. Yeah. Uh, Pops, uh, I don't know if you saw this, but Paul Hornig died this morning at the he age. He did of not. Yes, the Golden Boy. Oh man, I hate to hear that. I knew that would uh, hit you because that's that's straight up in your era. Oh yeah, Ni- yeah. nineteen fifty six uh, Heisman Trophy winner. There was controversy even back then about that because I think Notre Dame was like two and eight that year. Yeah, and Johnny Majors had a big year at Tennessee, if I recall correctly. I mean, I wasn't yeah. around obviously, but that's my 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 history in college yeah. football. I think tells me that. Well, Johnny Majors was a great great. Uh, Tennessee. You know, he, he was a great college player mm-hmm. at Tennessee. Mm-hmm. I mean, much he was a much better player than he was a coach. <laughs> I, guess Spurrier, I, I guess Spurrier as a player was kind of Florida's uh, Paul Hernick, wasn't he? Oh, Steve Spurrier was our everything, yeah. Yeah. But I that mean, goal did he kicked things. against Auburn is the reason he won the, the Heisman. Yeah, he kicked the field goal. Him and he was running against old Bob Greasy at Purdue. Greasy probably had better stats than than Spurrier, mm-hmm. but uh, because Spurrier was so versatile, you know, mm-hmm. he could kick it and throw it. And I mean, he ran the show. You know, but Pops, Greasy are you almost great. are you almost ready to revert back to being a Dolphins fan at this point with yeah. the Jags and with Tua taking over down there? For Tua. What a game! <laughs> Uh, both those young quarterbacks had a good game. You know, you got you know, the, the the Jags and the Dolphins both on CBS primarily as as uh, AFC teams. But you, if you live in Jacksonville right now, you'd probably almost rather just the Jacksonville go back to the Dolphins days. Yeah. Oh yeah. I grew up with. Yeah. Oh, I, I watched it. I, they didn't have it on here, but I, I caught every highlight every time they played because I, I was very I was hoping it was supposed to have been the second game last Sunday. Here, but it, they didn't have it. All right, pops, I got to get some picks for you before we get out of yeah. here. Now, I'm gonna I'm gonna throw a little wrinkle at you. You went two and one last week, so you're yeah, pretty what much about right that? at 500. Yeah, pretty I'm much at 500. I'm coming back. <laughs> you had Florida and Clemson as your winners last week. A little different this week. We're gonna get into some Masters uh, because it is Masters week, and the SEC has been kind of diluted to the point where we'll we'll do this. Right now in the second round at the Masters, Dustin Johnson and Justin Thomas are both eight under for the tournament pops. From this point at eight under each through the remainder of the tournament there, who you got, DJ or JT? Oh, Lord. You yeah. know, DJ, just, he just come, and he's just coming back from that COVID uh, yeah. isolation. I. I can't believe he's playing as well as he is. I mean, he was playing great prior. Mm-hmm. But I, I, I like uh, DJ. You going with DJ there. Yeah. All right. 
Um, man, it's hard to pick some games in college football. So we have a game tonight <laughs> in the Big to Ten. What, what's that? There's not many games to pick. <laughs> Iowa and Minnesota tonight for Minneapolis. Well, I'm gonna, liking that. I, I'm going to go with Iowa. All right. I don't ask me why. Over. I just I, they've been playing well. Uh huh. Iowa's a road dog, a road favorite. There, you got to be careful with yeah. those home dogs, pops. I know. Um, and your, for your final pick this week, we'll stay in the Big Ten and we'll go with uh, Wisconsin at Michigan, pops. <laughs> That's all Guess we got. Who I take. <laughs> Wisconsin. I'm guessing, I'm guessing you'll go with uh, Bucky. The Badger there. <laughs> Guess that's where we're going. I mean, he gets he gets hammered by Michigan State, you know. Yeah. And then yeah. turned right around and, and, and <laughs> lost Indiana on the road. I mean, hey, uh, Indiana Bob, can a, play. Yeah, they can. They're a legit top fifteen team. Yeah. Should have probably should have beat Tennessee down there in your Gator Bowl last oh, December. Tennessee is there. I, I feel so bad for old Pruitt. I mean, I, yeah. I, I pull for him, you know, whenever they don't play Florida or whatever. Yeah. But he needs a quarterback so bad. He needs a lot of things. Yeah, but he does. definitely needs hey, Warren Santano, t- however you pronounce it. But, and he's a good old boy, but he just he's not consistent at all. Yeah. Hey, Pops, you having a tomato sandwich for lunch today? Actually, peanut butter and jelly. Yeah, yeah. The next time you have that tomato sandwich, maybe put a little mozzarella on there. A little mozzarella. Mozzarella? Yeah, just a slice. Get Nana to get you like a big ball of the mozzarella. I've got some. I've got And then just do some. a small slice of it and put it on there. All right, know, I'll have to do with that. With the pepper. Yeah, I'll try it. Try that. Yeah, a little something different. Getting a little wild with you. Yeah. Well, have a good weekend, Pops. And we'll All right, man. We'll talk at you later. Week. There he goes, Pops. That's going to do it for a Friday edition of Southern Fried Sports. The lunch whistle today, Southern Ale House, 1530 McFarland Boulevard North in the Indian Hills section of Tuscaloosa. Every day, a great day to get by Southern Ale House because whether it's lunch, whether it's dinner, whether it's a big football weekend, like we're still going to have football this weekend, they'll be ready for you there. Southern Ale House, 1530 McFarland Boulevard North. For Jacob Harrison, Pops. Charlie Potter, Travis Ryer, hoping you have a great weekend. Until 11 a.m. on Monday, be safe. Take care of yourself.